Welcome back to the Monday Roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? Guys, what's the story? Uh, Just a quick one. Basically, my sister has had a baby. I am now an uncle. I am over the moon. I am delighted. Yesterday evening, can't give you too much of the details, wasn't there to see any of the action shots, but I am now an uncle. I am over the moon. I'm delighted. It really puts everything into perspective. AKA, I'm not in any way near ready to have children and may never be. But there you go. As a result, I did not get to record uh, the Sunday Rose yesterday. I was beside myself uh, with concern and worry and stress. But lo and behold, there's a beautiful baby boy now in the world. Uh, So congratulations to my sister and to her husband. She did all the work. Uh, They still haven't got a name yet. So uh, baby boy... I don't know what the name is going to be. However, just to make things interesting, message me on Instagram at Megan Mark and the first person, I'll prove it with screenshots, the first person to guess the name of this child correctly will win 100 euro in cold hard cash. So DM me your suggestions at Megan Mark. Um, in order to make up for the lack of show yesterday, here is an episode of the Patreon unreleased material called Absolute Murder, which is me basically discussing the Jim Sheridan documentary on Sophie Tuscan de Plantier's murder uh, called Murder at the Cottage on Sky Atlantic. I put this out on Patreon a few weeks ago. Considering doing more of these sort of style shows, if you're interested, let me know. Otherwise, I hope it satiates the relatively average appetite you probably have for Sunday roasts at the moment. Nevertheless, here you are. I hope you enjoy it. Hope you have a great week. I'm now an uncle. Uh, It actually is an incredible feeling. It's one of those ones where I really sort of couldn't have given a shit over the last few months, to be honest. I was just sort of removed due to COVID and um, sort of my own selfish behavioural ways that I didn't really realise how significant and monumental a moment it would be to uh, become an uncle. So there you go. Thank you for all of your kind messages about being an uncle. Haven't gotten any yet because I've just announced it, but uh, thank you for potentially sending them. And enjoy this absolute murder, Jim Sh- Jim Sheridan. Um, yeah, have a great week. Let's fuck, literally, let's go baby. Welcome back to the Baby Roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How are your hearts? And of course, how are your heads? Guys, what's going on? Today, we're taking an adventurous leap into the world of true crime. I don't know if all of you have been following it, but I'm currently watching Murder at the Cottage. The Search for Justice for Sophie by... By... And starring, written, directed, produced by, and starring, Jim Sheridan. You know, there's uh, some chat about Sophie um, in the Jim Sheridan show that's out at the moment. Anyway, Murder at the Cottage. The sky description for Murder at the Cottage, in case any of you have been living under a rock 
probably a bad turn of phrase, but if any of you have been living under a concrete block, no, out, right, no, if any of you have been living under a rock for the last several years, you may not have heard about this. Anyway, two days before Christmas, sorry, back to somber, somber, this is a somber tale, a somber tale. Two days before Christmas, I can't do the Jim Sheridan voice yet because I'm saving that. Two days before Christmas in 1996. Jim Sheridan sort of sounds like a mix between Eamon Dunphy, like doing a Van Morrison impression, who also sounds like Al Pacino. Two days before Christmas in 1996, Sophie Tuscan de was brutally murdered at a holiday cottage in Skull, West Cork. The murder rocketed rocked damn the quiet Irish town and 24 years later the case remains a mystery. This series sees six-time Oscar-nominated, always the bridesmaid, Oscar-nominated filmmaker Jim Sheridan piece together original evidence, never-before-seen footage and interviews with those closest to the case. Not the family, by the way. Not the family. The only footage from the family is archive material, so... Interviews with those closest to the case to try and make sense of what really happened. Okay. It goes without saying, I'm going to try and comment on this with all due... Forget the concrete block joke, but aside from that, I'm going to, I'm going to proceed in commenting on this with an aim to dismantling Jim Sheridan's documentary on the case rather than me commenting on the actual tragic murder of an innocent woman, Right? So, true crime, it's totally addictive. We're all aware of this. It's, it's, a, it's a trend that doesn't seem to be, you know, decreasing in its power by any, by any degree over the last few years. It just seems to be getting bigger and bigger. Um, I found Jim Sheridan's approach a little bit odd. Uh, so he's going to be the sort of primary focus of this little mini-series as I watch Murder at the Cottage, Right. Today is just going to be a little bit of a preamble, sort of discussing episode one here and there and the sort of general details. My first sort of issue, right, with the way that this this uh, show has been produced is it's, it's definitely done for an audience that's not Irish. You know, um, some of the language used I find is utterly bizarre and, to be honest, inappropriate. I mean... Let's just look at some of the examples here. This is a story about a death... I'm just going to have to do the Jim Sheridan voice because I find his voice to be remarkably absurd. It is a story about a devil in the hills. She died here in the brambles and the briars and now those hills call out for justice. Jim, you're starting to sound like a Patrick Kavanagh poem or the voiceover in a montage used to promote the GAA hurling final. Do you know what I mean? Those hills are calling out for justice. No, they're not. It's the family, Jim. It's very much the family of Sophie that are calling... What do you mean the hills are calling out for justice? Why, you're, you're beginning to sound like an advertisement by a well-known Irish bank pretending to care about ladies' sport. She was the guest of the nation. What? No, she... What are you, she was a guest of the nation and she went home in a coffin. <laughs> no, she wasn't. You sound like you're promoting a Conor McGregor fight. What the hell are you fucking talking about? Like, she wasn't a guest of the nation. She had a holiday home here. Do you know what I mean? I just, I found the way he went about it, A, to be a little bit indulgent. I mean, sorry, definitely indulgent. He's effectively in every shot. And then even whenever he's interviewing people, by the way, like, you know, Billy the bartender or something, Billy the bartender gets a bit emotional and then the 
camera just rests on Jim Sheridan and he sort of gets this forlorn look on his face and stares down the camera like a bulldog having a stroke. <laughs> it's it's supposed to be like reflective and sort of pondering on the sadness, but it doesn't come across like that, I don't think. Nevertheless, it's a story about a devil in the hills. She died here in the brambles, in the briars, and now those hills are calling out for justice. On the morning of whatever the date is, at 8am, he sort of says 8am like one of those, you know, like the Irish people who have spent loads of time in the States. The sun rose with a sole purpose of revealing her lifeless body. What? The sun rose with a sole purpose of revealing her lifeless body. Body. That's not really true, though, is it? I mean, no disrespect. So that's not real. There were a multitude of reasons that morning for the sun rising. I mean, that's that's disingenuous and unfair on the sort of the solar system to claim that the only purpose of the sun that morning was to shed light on the corpse of a murdered French woman is disrespectful to everybody, especially the French. So look, you know, the whole of the first episode is generally just a series of different scenes where Jim Sheridan is painting a picture of West Cork and showcasing the absolute natural beauty of the place, huge drone shots and gorgeous sort of sweeping, sweeping fucking lens footage of the landscape and how beautiful it is. The thing that I don't like is lots of, with true crime documentaries, lots of what they say in them, and this is also, you know, they, they also do it in this, it's sort of just done for dramatic effect. You know, one of the things that he says, he references um, Bail Nablaw, right? Whenever he's talking about uh, the murder of Sophie, he goes, not far from here, there was another murder not too long ago. Okay, if you go on to Google, right? If you go on to Google and you look up the distance between Skull and Bail Nablaw, that's 74, that's 71.4 kilometres. Bear in mind, a full marathon is 42 kilometres. Coming soon to Sky, Jim Sheridan attempts to complete almost two marathons consecutively, as he deems them, a short walk away. Three Castle Head to Bailnablaw is 90 fucking kilometres. What are you talking about? Not far from here. Only a short walk away. No, no. Some might say the violent creator of the state. Well, no, no, I've never heard anybody say that about Michael Cox. I've heard, you just said that, Jim. You've just said that. And Bailnablaw, the mouth of flower, where he was murdered, or he was assassinated. He was assassinated. He was assassinated. It was clearly for political means. Michael Collins was assassinated. Stop trying to make it out like West Cork is the fucking Honduras. Do you know what I mean? But now, West Cork is associated with only one murder. I thought we said it was an assassination. Like, it was an assassination. Comparing the murder of an innocent French woman in 1996 to the fucking political assassination of an Irish revolutionary in, when was it, 22? It's such a leap. That's like comparing the Wax Museum to the Louvre. Like, they're totally different things. One may not be better than the other, but they're just better be a weird choice of words murder. But you know what I mean? They're totally different fucking entities. So then he goes on a walk. 
Not far from here, man walked on the moon. <laughs> Jim, that's literally a different planet. Oh, it's a star. Unsubscribe. But, anyway, he's just follow- he's walking around. He's walking around in these shots. I don't know if anybody knows this, by the way. What's the story with the fucking trousers that Sheridan's wearing in these shots? Could he literally, like, he if he, if he wore any bigger pants, he'd probably blow away. Every shot of him walking, genuinely, I, I urge you to go back and rewatch episode one. It looks like he's wearing those Thailand elephant pants with someone blowing a hoover up the leg. Wear better fitting pants, Jim. So he goes out, he goes out to Three Castle Head Lake. This is a land the Normans invaded. This landscape has only known war and strife. Well, yeah. It's at the edge of a fucking peninsula in one of the west, most western tips of the country. They're hardly going to build like a Tesco Express or a fucking Claire's Accessories. Now, bear in mind, you'll probably have press up opening up a hotel there soon enough. But do you know what I mean? Within reason, nobody's going to build there. This land has only known Vikings, pirates, ocean vessels, sea related things. Yes, it's a fucking tip of land that's in the middle of the ocean. Why are you just referencing nautical things, acting as if they've got some sort of significance just for dramatic effect? It drives me up the fucking wall. And then he goes and he starts meeting people. You know? If you look at this road, this is where Sophie was last. She went for a walk here six months ago before she died. Some might say she was going into her local opticians just to get her prescription for her contact lenses. Others might say she was going to count the stars and see if the man in the... No, she, w- she was going to get her contact lenses done. That's all she was. Stop trying to over-poeticize everything. Stop trying to make everything out to be like it was some sort of deep and meaningful, purposeful journey before she was murdered. And then he goes down and he meets Billy the Boy. Was it Billy again? And he walks by and he's walking down the pier in his fucking elephant pantaloons, both of them about to blow away. And he starts pointing around. So all of these are blow-ins, you know, the, the blow-ins. If you, you've obviously heard this. He, he starts going, if you, if you didn't reside in West Cork before the famine of 1848, the locals refer to you as a blow-in. Okay. Sorry, just, just one sec, Jim. I'm just going to get the calculator out. One sec. That would make your friend Billy here beside you on the pier 173. No wonder he's complaining about his fucking hips and knees. The man is literally a walking sack of skin. What the hell is going on here? Genuinely. The blow-ins. And then he starts pointing out houses. He starts, so these are all holiday homes, yeah? Uh, well, no, that one's owned by Yana, yeah? She's American. She lives here permanently. Okay, holiday home, holiday... No, no, she lives here permanently, yeah, yeah. So it's all holiday homes. He's making West Cork out to be this sort of idyllic little charming place that's only penetrated by bad people at the wrong... You know, oh, and in the summer then, the rich people come. And in the summer, the rich people arrive in. But, like... It's a holiday town, Jim. Do you know what I mean? Also, I, like the lad on the speedboat with the cigar in his mouth probably isn't an accurate representation of Irish people going on country holidays. This isn't can. Do you know what I mean? It's Skull, Jim. It's not Monte Carlo. Will you relax with that? In the summer, the rich people move in. The Dubai Emirati aren't arriving in on their super yachts. 
Do you know what I mean? Conor McGregor doesn't have a villa in school, Jim. The town has one shop, two pubs and three perverts. I have yet to see DJ Khaled flying across Skull Harbour in a jet ski shouting out another one. This is fucking madness, Jim. (laughs) 